0: Just imagine, the mightiest heroes of our time,
1: all of them, on one team,
0: the Fire and Water Network proudly presents, JLUcast. Hello and welcome to JLUcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the Justice League Unlimited animated series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin.
1: And I'm Chris Franklin, and in case you didn't notice, Cindy's intro was different because yes... We are finally covering Justice League Unlimited beginning with this episode. Woohoo!
0: <laughs> with this episode, the format of the show changed from standard two parters for each story to more focused, done in one tales, featuring a rotating series of new heroes in the expanded league, usually grounded with one or two of the founders.
1: But despite the end of the two part stories and the faster pace, ongoing subplots began to emerge that will lead into a huge finale in season two. That wasn't always the plan, but Bruce Timm and company just kind of stumbled onto it.
0: So, why did the show format change from Justice League to JLU? Well, Cartoon Network vaguely told showrunner Bruce Timm that they wanted to freshen up the show after two seasons, but didn't say how.
1: After the events of the series finale Starcross, the creative team decided it would make sense that the League would greatly expand its membership. And boy, do they.
0: To show how this change worked, Dwayne McDuffie wrote a script for a potential direct-to-DVD movie called Justice League When Worlds Collide. There, the League would meet their evil doppelgangers from the crime syndicate and bring in new members to help defeat them.
1: But the television and direct-to-video schedules didn't match up, so the movie idea was shelved. Instead, we get this premiere episode revealing the new, larger Justice League.
0: That movie would eventually see release as Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, but it would be set outside of the DCAU continuity. But if you squint and recast Hal Jordan as John Stewart, you can make it work within the DCAU timeline.
1: Yes, very true. But let's jump into the episode itself. In keeping with the faster-paced nature of the show, we're going to attempt to release two episodes a month, each one focusing on a half-hour show, unless it's one of the few two-parters. We can't promise we'll be able to keep up, but we're going to try. And we're also going to try to have shorter synopsis. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> I know, it's exactly on me. Initiation first aired July 1st, 2004, written by Stan Berkowitz, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, with music by Michael McQuistian. In the cast, we had Kevin Conroy as Batman, Phil Lamar as Green Lantern, Carl Lindley as John Jones, George Newburn as Superman, Ken Schreiner as Green Arrow, there's somebody new, Nicole Tom as Supergirl, George Eads as Captain Adam, James Tsai as General Kwan, and Lex Lang as Robber Number 1.
0: While he is attempting to stop a grocery store robbery, Green Arrow receives an assist from Green Lantern. The Emerald Gladiator is there to bring the Emerald Archer to the first meeting of the newly reorganized Justice League. Despite his protests, Green Arrow is transported to the vastly larger watchtower and witnesses Superman's invocation speech to the amassed throng of superheroes. Arrow still isn't interested in joining up, preferring to focus on small threats that affect the little guy. Batman reminds him that big threats often step on the little guy.
1: When a nuclear emergency emerges in a less-than-friendly country in Asia, Green Arrow tags along for a ride home on the new javelin ship with Green Lantern, Supergirl, and Captain Atom. Arrow quickly makes friends with the brash Supergirl, who is annoyed by the -the by-the-book military approach of Captain Atom. The heroes find their help is unwelcome by the local government. They decide to stay anyway and come across a giant walking nuclear reactor. Each powerhouse hero takes several turns at stopping the rampaging behemoth, but to no avail. Government officials finally come clean on how the monster was created to defend their country from foreign enemies. They also disclose how to defeat the creature by inserting carbon rods into its core. Captain Adam's protective suit is damaged in the fight, and he must head into orbit before he goes critical. Supergirl makes one last attempt, but is knocked aside. It falls on Green Arrow to use his non-super, but very impressive, archery abilities to shoot the rod into the target with his bow and finally cause the robotic giant to go inert.
0: Later on the watchtower, as they watch Captain Adam's energy being pumped back into his new suit, Green Lantern first chastises and then congratulates Supergirl on not following orders. Despite his misgivings, Green Arrow tells Batman he may stick around after spotting the fetching Black Canary because he is a horn dog.
1: Yeah. What a great way to introduce the new, larger league. Uh, Green Arrow is the perfect POV character. He's street level. He's aloof. And he was the first inductee into the original comic book Justice League of America. He was the first non-founding member of the team. Okay. So, Ken Schreiner sounds like I always expected Ollie to sound. Uh, Green Arrow had appeared once on Super Friends, voiced by Norman Alden. So, he sounded exactly like Aquaman. why? Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, at this point, I don't think Green Arrow had... I think this was before he showed up on Smallville. I'm pretty sure it was. So this was the first time Green Arrow had been in media in a long time. Uh, Ken Schreiner is best known for his decades-long role as Scott Baldwin on both General Hospital and its spinoff, Port Charles. And um does it seem like to you that Green Lantern and Green Arrow have some history together? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that was like... That's a little nod to the the hard-traveling heroes. Uh, you know, they shared a title. I mean, Hal, yeah. Hal and Ollie mm-hmm. uh, shared a title for a good chunk of the 70s. Um, so, and I think that's definitely, you know, a call to that. I mean, I don't think... I don't necessarily see these two going across the country in a pickup truck, but I think they <laughs> they knew each other, obviously. <laughs> uh, although, I don't think John is going to take Ollie's preachy verbal abuse like Hal did, though. No, not so much. <laughs> sure. no uh john stewart has a redesign shaving his head and growing a goatee no doubt to help move on from shaira uh there's more on her later
0: well just like you know after you break up with a boy you're supposed to get a haircut
1: oh really mm. is that the way it is mm. <laughs> i didn't know that Good. i wasn't aware. you get
0: your hair done well uh, not necessarily a haircut but you get your hair done your nails done you know
1: mm. okay refresh mm-hmm. okay gotcha. Well. And the shaved head looks like the Justice Lord version mm-hmm. of John Stewart. Now he didn't have the goatee, right? But he had a shaved head. So yeah. So we see a ton of heroes on the Watchtower when Green Arrow and Green Lantern beam up to it. Uh, some of these will become semi regulars. Some will just be background characters with no speaking parts, and some I'm pretty sure we'll never see again besides <laughs> this episode. Uh, just now, there may be others that you guys see that I I just I looked at the scenes. And this is what I wrote down. I may have missed somebody. If you caught somebody that we are not going to list here, let me know. But this is who I saw. Obsidian. Dr. Fate. Hourman, Hawk and Dove. Aquaman. Atom Smasher. Nemesis. Johnny Thunder and his Thunderbolt. Dr. Light. The good one. Rocket Red. <laughs> Blue Devil. Buona Beast. Wildcat. Vixen. Aztec. The Question. Crimson Fox. Booster Gold. Vigilante. Etrigan. Red Tornado. Metamorpho. 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 Huntress. Stargirl and Stripe. Crimson Avenger, Steel, Fire, Ice, Shining Knight, Starman, Elongated Man, Wave Rider, Charo, the 1976 Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, Zatanna, Mm -hmm. Gypsy, Creeper, (laughs) Dr. Midnight, Vibe, Orion, Black Canary, and the Atom. Uh, Like I said, I may have missed somebody, and I swear in one shot you see a big green hulking monster from the back that has to be Swamp Thing so I don't and Swamp Thing never appeared on this show again we did see a Swamp Thing like character walk by the screen in War World Mm -hmm. so you know Uh, Batman seems to know Green Arrow too, which I like because that harkens back to all of those Brave and the Bold issues I read as a kid Mm -hmm. he was Batman's most frequent co-star on there and of course on the Brave and the Bold Batman and Green Arrow have a history where Batman basically calls him out on always copying following him him. yeah Yeah. copying him yeah yeah (laughs) And we should mention that this is clearly the classic Bronze Age Green Arrow in the very faithful Neil Adams costume. Bleeding, liberal, loudmouth, pre-Longbow Hunters. No offense to the Sutherlands and other Micro fans and fans of the Arrow TV series, but I prefer this version of Green Arrow above all others. Mm-hmm. This is my Green Arrow. Right. I like this version the best. Uh, Batman is really setting up Green Arrow's character growth here. Those monsters tend to step on the little guys uh he will actually see a monster attempt to step on people, so mm-hmm. <laughs> nice set up there uh Superman's speech is stirring, but he takes a moment to add some humor with his we can't be cowboys anymore or cowgirls
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? so they all they get a chuckle out of it so i I like that uh that Superman has like you know we saw that in the very first episode of Justice League when he addressed uh the u n and, uh, so Superman's kind of, the Superman on the Superman the Animated series almost seemed like that part of him being Superman he kind of shied away from. Uh-huh. But this Superman is a diplomat. I mean, right. he, he is, he is the Christopher Reeve. He's the statesman. He is the Christopher Reeve Superman that'll go in front of the UN. He did. Like, yeah. super, you know, so he is that, he has become that character despite the fact that his reputation was trashed by Darkseid in the very last episode of Superman the Animated series. So, what do you think about the new Justice League Army concept here?
0: Well, I mean, you can see why they went to that—you know, more more people. But having it be run by John, you know, each one of them goes here, and you know, making the best of the team and all the making the most of your resources.
1: Right. It makes sense after the events of Starcross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, but it does make you wonder where were all these people?
0: Right. <laughs> where were
1: all these heroes? When the Justice League was on the lam, why weren't you know mm-hmm. where was I mean even even other than these characters, where where was Doctor Fate you know and we've already been introduced mm-hmm. to him and some of those characters like that, but you know we'll, that unfortunately will come up. And that, that's one thing about having an army, and it's the same thing that people bring up in Marvel movies. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like well, why what the heck was everybody doing in in Captain America: The Winter Soldier when the freaking Helicarriers were, you know, mm-hmm. dropping into Washington, D.C., you know, that right. where was where the crap was Iron Man, you know, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So it, it's you, you just kind of got to let some of that go. You can't worry about that stuff. And the Justice League has a staff of people working here. Who's paying them? Oh, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Uh, we'll see that the watchtower has been completely redesigned with some new little satellite structures as well. Of course, Batman crashed the old one into the earth to destroy the, mm-hmm. the, the force field generator thing. I know Bruce Wayne's like mega rich, but I'm like, is he this rich? I mean, right. <laughs> you know? It's like that, you know, maybe Superman's like going into coal mines and just crushing some, you know, coal into some diamonds. And <laughs>
0: yeah. There's payroll for today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Superman points out that Jean, like you said, will be coordinating everything from the Watchtower, which makes perfect sense for him because he's, you know, got mental telepathy and everything. He is the man in the chair. He's the Ned mm-hmm. of, of the Justice League Unlimited. It's also similar to the role he played in the Justice League Task Force comic in the 90s, which, if you think about it, is very similar to this premise. Traditional and non-traditional League heroes teamed up for specific missions. Mm-hmm. Now, that title didn't keep that. Too long, and it eventually became like Justice League Academy, basically. Like he was training like new heroes, you know, in their in their powers and things. But it started out like I, me- I remember like the first storyline had like Nightwing and Aquaman and and I think Gypsy, and you know, it was like a mm. weird combination of, of characters together. So. Uh, Nicole Tom returns to her Superman the animated series role as Supergirl. She's probably best known for playing the oldest daughter on The Nanny in her role in the Beethoven films. Although, she's very active. She's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you look up her IMDb, she shows up in a lot of things. So, good for her. Did you notice that Green Lantern constantly refers to her as Kara and not Supergirl? It pissed me off. Why did it piss you off?
0: He gave Captain Adam the respect of calling him by his title, his code name, but not Kara. That's belittling. Mm. If he's extending them both into equal danger, he should treat them equally. That's bullshit.
1: Mm. Good point. That's why you asked me that question. If yes. He, if he knew Captain Adam's real name. Yes. Which is Nathaniel Adam. But
0: Because I'm sorry, <sighs> but he's sending them into equal danger. She's a heavy hitter, like Superman, but yet he calls her, Carol, you sweet little girl, but I'm going to send you into danger. Captain Adam, you're my bro, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. I I didn't I didn't come at it from that direction. I came at it from why does why is Green Lantern that familiar with her? So I guess maybe he's not that familiar with her. Your take is he's not that familiar with her, but he's just being condescending toward her, not Mm -hmm. not calling her Supergirl by her proper codename. He's Mm -hmm. calling her Kara like she's a little kid.
0: And Captain Adam is a fellow military man.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And it's just condescending. He sees her as a kid, but he can send him into equal danger, and that's. Bullshit.
1: Well, now I could see Batman maybe calling her Kara because of because her and Barbara being best we're friends. We're not
0: talking about Batman. I
1: know we're not. I'm just saying I was just I didn't I didn't come from I I didn't come from where you came from with it. But I see your point. Yeah, it does. And they even say, you know, uh Jean's like, take Supergirl. So she has to start you know, she has to learn some sometime or uh-huh. something like that. And I mean that part I kinda get, but at the same time, She's, like, probably this, she's in the top five of most powerful people on that watchtower.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> now, of course.
0: And then, like Superman even says at the beginning, you know, sometimes, you may be called on to make the ultimate so- sacrifice. Well, if she's being sent to this nuclear threat. Yeah. To possibly In a foreign make,
1: country that doesn't like the United States to begin with. That could possibly
0: be making the ultimate sacrifice, but you won't pay me the respect of calling me by my code name. Yeah. You and the horse you rode in on.
1: Plus, I mean, while Jean, John, not John, but John Stewart, Green Lantern, knows Superman's secret identity, I don't think everybody else knows Superman's secret identity. The core Justice Leaguers know each other's identities. Mm-hmm. John's obviously not really secret, but he's calling Supergirl Kara in front of Captain Adam mm-hmm. and Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. And so he's compromising her and Clark Kent's secret identity because she's Clark Kent's cousin.
0: And Martha and Jonathan Kent's safety yep, as she, by extension.
1: Yeah. Cause she lives with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Hmm. We went down that rabbit hole, but that was good. Uh, George, <laughs> George Eads provides the voice of Captain Adam, although I don't think he's the only actor to do so. I think another actor comes in and voices him throughout the series, but, uh, he's best known for playing the character of Nick Stokes on multiple iterations of CSI for years. He also played Evil Knievel in a TV movie for TNT that I didn't know about. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that existed, but, uh, Green Arrow doesn't want to use a teleporter for much the same reason Dr. McCoy never does. So, and they're, they're kind of the same character if you think about it.
0: Kind of old curmudgeons. Yeah, old
1: curmudgeons and, you know, irascible, you know, you know, always complaining and griping about something. So it kind of works. Supergirl takes an instant disliking to Captain Adam when he questions Green Lantern's suggestion that she pilot the javelin. She sticks her tongue out at him and, uh, which Green Arrow notices and he gives her a wink. So, I think that's just Green Arrow. I don't mean, I'm not saying Green Arrow is gonna like, she's way too young for him, but Green Arrow is flirty, you know?
0: No, that was not in, I not
1: don't thing. think he's flirting with her, but I just think Green Arrow is like, he's the type of guy that wants to be, he wants to be the cool guy to the kids. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I mean, there is no, no undertones of that at all. It's just kind of like, yeah, you stuck it to him. I appreciate that. I'm with you too. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's kind of get. But, mm, 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 mm,
1: no flirty. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, not in a negative-like way, but I think Green Arrow was just, I think he, he, he'll be more charming to the ladies no matter who they are. You know what I'm saying?
0: I don't think it has anything to do with her gender. I think he would have done that if it had been, you know, like Stripesy or whoever, you know, some other young character on there. I think it was just those mm. particular, I don't think it has anything to do with the gender. That's my point.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Green Arrow isn't too fond of the captain either, telling him, I think you're what I used to march against in college. <laughs> uh, this plays into Mike Grell making Ollie older than his contemporaries, if you want to read it that way. Right, right. He doesn't have to be older, but he could be. Uh, so the country here in Asia seems very North Korea-like. Right. You know. uh, General Kwan is diplomatically courteous, but then tells them to get out. It's under control.
0: Oh, yeah. Sure, sure it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's voiced by James Tsai, who has made a career out of voicing Jackie Chan characters. He voiced the man himself on the Jackie Chan Adventures, which our son Andrew used to watch all the time. Yeah. And whenever there's a Kung Fu Panda project that Jackie Chan doesn't participate in, he fills in for him as Jackie Chan's character, Monkey. Oh,
0: okay. So,
1: yeah, he is he is your go-to Jackie Chan uh, substitute. Uh, now, Green Lantern gets on Kara later for going off half-cocked, but shouldn't he be giving that grief to Green Arrow? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, technically, he's not on the mission, but he's the one that runs out of the javelin.
0: Exactly. Because,
1: you know, he's, that was, you know, they're not doing anything. They're, you know, and, and, you know, John Stewart, Green Lantern, is consulting with John. We're just going to have to call him Green Lantern. I'm getting back into that again. Green Lantern is consulting with John, the Martian Manhunter, about what they should do. And of course, Martian Manhunter is like, you got to, you know, you got to.
0: Because uh, the thing is, is she wouldn't have left if Green Arrow hadn't have left. And she was making her case to him about what we should do something. She did not go off half cocked.
1: Yeah, I don't think she ever did in this no, episode. No, really. that's what I'm saying. I don't know. We'll get back to that, but I don't know if that was a script change that they didn't change down the line because yeah, but uh, at least we see the local military evacuating people. Mm-hmm. I like those shades of gray. You know, right. they're, they're,
0: they're protecting their people or right. trying to.
1: Yeah. Renero saves a local soldier who really needs to learn how to drive. Bless I mean, him. That dude was coming off down that bridge. I don't know if the brakes were supposed to be out or whatever, but yeah, he can't drive. Uh, then we meet the big bad, Brimstone, although he's never called that. Brimstone was the dark side created creature that the Suicide Squad faced on their first mission in the Legends event miniseries. Well, the modern version of the Suicide Squad that's comprised of supervillains. Uh he killed the original Blockbuster then, and we'll actually see Blockbuster in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. He shows up on here. Uh this brimstone is far more mechanical looking. He's kind of a cross between brimstone and chemo in some ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah. Captain Adam almost drains him, but he just can't take it all, which right. I, I thought was a nice touch. That's what he he went there to be so he could like right. drain the energy. Mm-hmm. They that's why they picked Captain Adam mm-hmm. to go there. So uh Green Lantern gets blasted. I mean, bad. He, he has radiation burns and a torn costume. I mean, it's, he turns around and he, he's just like point blank fires at him. Oh yeah. And it shatters his, his bubble, his, his, his power ring bubble. So the others take Green Lantern back to the javelin when Supergirl is getting very aggressive. Like a certain former winged member, when Green Lantern comes to, he calls out Shire! So what did you think of that?
0: I think he, where he was. Out of it, I think he's she's constantly on his mind.
1: I think he basically heard the I mean, she Supergirl was filling the role that Hot Girl would at that moment, too. Mm. I think he like heard them arguing, and that's another reason he called out to her. Like, it was a combination of he would have probably anyway, mm-hmm. but he heard someone coming from the exact same point of view she would in this situation, so. Supergirl actually pulls out the red eyes of anger and begins to cook a soldier until one of the hazmat-suited guys <laughs> speaks up about what Brimstone is and how to stop him. I mean, they show, like, you know, her grab that guy, and he's literally starting to smoke as, you know, she's, you know, and, and, and he doesn't talk, but that the hazmat guy mm-hmm. does. So, Captain Adam volunteers to insert the rod, even though it may kill him. Both Supergirl and Green Arrow reevaluate their initial thoughts of him. But do you think the handshake between him and Green Arrow was a bit forced?
0: Yeah, it was just kind of
1: eh. Yeah, you know. I, I think he could have like just gave him like a you know like a little
0: half salute, half
1: salute with two fingers or something. Yeah. The, the handshake was a little, I don't know. I, I I mean, it worked, but it it was just a little.
0: Yeah, it was a little.
1: Eh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Captain Adam never gets close enough, and Brimstone blasts him. His suit tears. He begins to go critical. Then takes the sky and explodes. I remember thinking, did they just kill him in the I first know, episode? I know, I was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is similar to what happened in Kingdom Come with the character where he does die and wipes out Kansas. And how Firestorm is, quote unquote, killed in Identity Crisis by freaking Deathstroke. in one of the dumbest scenes ever put in a comic. Freaking Deathstroke. Really? <laughs> takes out Firestorm? Oh, God. But... Anyway, I have so many problems with that series. I mean, it's got some good moments, but it's just, ugh. Uh, Supergirl tries to get the rods in, but fails. So, of course, it's up to the unpowered little guy to save the day with his extraordinary but very human skills. I like how he can hit the target until he breaks the rod in half and then attaches it to an arrow. Right. He tries to shoot the rods from his bow Mm
0: -hmm. with no
1: arrow, and he misses multiple times. Well,
0: because it doesn't have the trajectory. It doesn't have the the flight pattern.
1: Right, right. Uh, there's a nice bit where Brimstone is just burning the entire forest, and we see Green Arrow's hat go up in flames, and then the smoke clears, and we get that very Brian May-like heavy guitar, and mm-hmm. there's Green Arrow standing on the, yeah. the what's left of the hill. Uh, we should mention the music in this series is much more rock-based than the previous DCAU shows, but it works with the fast-paced series, I think. What about it's you? It's more
0: manic, you know? Yeah. I and think, I think, you know, I, especially with all the characters you've got going on, I think it fits it.
1: I think it does too. And I mean, you know, that's, that's one thing we, we talked about how once you've watched this series and you go back and watch the first seasons of Justice League, mm-hmm. that slower pace is really, you, you notice it, especially at first, you kind of get used to it. I mean, we did. We mm-hmm. noticed, you know, that it's, we had watched more of Justice League Unlimited over the years, rewatched it more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the music's slower. The pace is slower. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, the story is very padded in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is like, more boom, of a boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, breakneck speed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green Arrow hits his target and Brimstone goes out. Kara flies in for the coup de grace and knocks its head off. Yep. So I thought that was, you know, a nice little bit. But how did they retrieve Captain Adam's energy or whatever it is? I mean, they said Jean's team picked him up, but with what?
0: I don't know. I wonder if they have a big vacuum. Is they have a big dirt devil or, you know, what's going on there?
1: I I mean, it is strange. Not quite as strange as when they're back on the watchtower and they're pumping the energy into his new suit and it's basically like an empty suit, but it gives Kara the thumbs up.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That
1: was creepy. I mean, it's just like... like, Okay. This is more like, to me... In the
0: words of Danny. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is more like... The, the Legion character Wildfire, who would always get his suit ripped up or have to blast out of it and be put back in it. And it kind of reminds me more of that than Captain Adam in some ways. Green Lantern isn't hailing Hardy in the end. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Still. So yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's in rough shape. But again, he gets on Kara, you know, he basically tells her, if you do this, if you, you, you were insubordinate and rash, if you do this again, you're off the team. And oh, by the way, good job. I know. So it's like, but what did she really do that was that? No, no. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Green Arrow was not one that he should be giving mm, crap uh-huh. to, Uh but. Uh,
0: Just because she's young? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I like the Green Arrow is coming out of the shower and only a towel, but he still has his mask on because, mm-hmm. you know, Secret Identities matter, like we said. Yeah. So he still has Unless
0: you're Green Lantern and calling people by their first name.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> And then the ending. He's about to tell Batman he's not going to stick around. Then he sees Black Canary lovingly putting on her boots, posing by the lockers. Uh, I'm surprised his towel didn't fall off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Something may have pushed it off. Uh, <laughs> Christopher. so What did you think of this one overall?
0: Oh, I like it. Any time that Green Arrow's in the, the, featured in the episode, I was like, yay. Yeah. You know, so.
1: Yeah, I... I gotta say, like, Green Arrow, like the, of course the Justice League Unlimited action figures, you know, when they, they went from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, man, they opened the doors for all these characters. Yes. And, and the Green Arrow. And for a
0: while we tried to collect them all, but there was just so many.
1: Well, and, and they, the d- distribution of them got them, got stupid to where you had to get so, so many off of Manny Collector, which was a crap website mm-hmm. to try to fight. And I just, I've picked some of them up over the years. I picked him up for less than I would have paid for Maddie Collector most of the time. Right, so right. So, you know, I, I still pick up ones here and there that I don't have. But I have most of them. But the Green Arrow, the the 5-inch figure, he's okay. But the the 10-inch one that looks like the maquettes, mm-hmm. oh, man, he is gorgeous. He's one of my favorite yeah. figures in that line. So, yeah. I think this is a great start. As Again, Green Arrow is the perfect outsider character to view the new league through. He's the anti establishment guy, uh-huh. you know, it, it makes perfect sense. The character interactions are outstanding outside of the Green Lantern and Kara thing, which is which is weird. But we will see that Green Lantern Green Lantern, Green Arrow and Kara kinda have an arc together.
0: They do from they this do. episode. But I'm just saying right yeah. here at the beginning, I'm yeah. trying not to seed what happens later into my thoughts about this episode. I'm telling you what I think. Right now.
1: No, no, I, I know. Yeah, you're, and you're right. I mean, I, I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. It's, I, I, to, I hadn't thought of that, but now that you told me that, I'm like, you, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. I just, it's, um, it is interesting though. I mean, Green Lantern, and Green Arrow having that relationship, you know, certainly based on comic history, but throwing Supergirl in there, it's, it's kind of a neat little thing. They interact with her more on this show than Superman does.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely,
1: they really do. So, and Super, they're all three of them will be. Become of course Green Lantern is the main character from the beginning, but they will be two of the Supergirl and Green Arrow will be two of the most frequently showcased characters mm-hmm. Captain Adam will actually be pretty important in a later storyline in kind of a different role
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah,
1: so it's uh it' be interesting when we get there, so uh, this episode was written by d c a u mainstay Stan Berkowitz, who wrote or co-wrote many of the Justice League episode. But directed by a new face in that director's chair, that was Joaquin Dos Santos. He had been a storyboard artist on Justice League, but he will direct 20 episodes of JLU. Okay. So he uh, got kicked up, kicked upstairs. So, let's get into our usual, uh, our usual superlatives here. Power action feature. For power action feature, uh, what did you have for power action feature?
0: Oh, definitely Green Arrow's shot. You know, with the with the rod I, after he figures out wait. I'm an archer. I need to put it on an actual arrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean it it was, you know, it was it was all set up leading to that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was great and it, it it they totally pulled that moment off.
0: Rotating chairperson.
1: So who would you put for rotating chairperson?
0: I think we're going to agree here in that, you know, Green Lantern is the one in charge leading things on this particular one.
1: Yeah. I mean you could give it to—I mean, you could give it to any of them. I mean, I honestly, could give it because Captain Adam kind of takes charge when Green Lantern's out. Mm-hmm. So you could give it to him, but I'll—I'll I'll give it to Green Lantern because you know he, he doesn't. Unfortunately, he gets sidelined after he gets injured. But mm-hmm. so we got to give him something. But
0: Justice League Communicator.
1: So what was your favorite line for Justice League Communicator?
0: I don't—I don't know. There's so many good lines. I'm just—you know—I don't know.
1: Yeah, I—I I, I really like that. You know, Batman. You know. It, from Batman, who's also, you know, Batman could come from the same point of view that Green Arrow does. Like, I don't have time for this. I gotta go protect Gotham. Mm-hmm. But Batman, you know, he, he's kind of like grown, you know, with, in, in a lot of ways. Because, you know, he was not an official member, but here he is mm-hmm. at the, you know, on the Watchtower with the the initiation right. of all these new members. And, you know, Green Arrow's the guy pointing out, well, you know, I'm worried about the little guy. And, you know, those monsters tend to step on the little guys. I think that, you know, that's kind of the whole point of the this mm-hmm. Justice League, you know. So uh I, I think that's probably the best line. That was really of course it's Kevin Conroy delivering it too, so
0: comic connections.
1: For comic connections, like we said, Green Arrow is our point of view first recruit, just like he was the first non founding member of the Justice League. He got the call back to Brimstone from Legends mm-hmm. and he was in other comics after that too, but so not a direct, you know. Call back to any comics, but you know, obviously pulling from things. So
0: electricity is evil.
1: Electricity is evil. I don't think there's an electrical shock in this episode. Mm -mm,
0: I don't think so. It's all
1: radiation. Mm -hmm. So, hey, maybe they're maybe they're toning down the electricity there. (laughs) Well, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have your listener feedback. Hey, Ryan, I know we're taking a break from Batman Nightcast, but I've been thinking about the Nightfall storyline where Jean-Paul Valley temporarily took over the role of Batman. I see where you're going with this. If you were ever paralyzed, I would be honored to take care of Cindy and your kids. Uh, no, that's not where I was going. I was thinking about all the many characters who have filled in for Bruce Wayne as Batman over the years. Dick Grayson, Tim Drake... Commissioner Gordon, for some reason. Yeah, that did happen. Anyway, on the subject of temporary replacements... Your son Andrew is going to take over Supermates? No focus on batman why is this so hard while we're away from nightcast for a while longer someone could come in and do a batman related show for the fire and water network well i know paul Keene loves the batman family comic book i've seen sean m myers post a few things about batman family too do you think they will do it for those of you who aren't familiar with the series batman family was a dc comic that ran for 20 issues from 1975 to 1978 and then rescued Detective Comics from the DC implosion by continuing as a dollar comic for 15 more issues until 1980. The title started out with new features starring Batgirl and Robin, along with reprints before morphing into all new stories starring other members of the Batman family, such as the Huntress, Commissioner Gordon, Man-Bat, and even Ragman and the Demon. So you're all invited to the Batman Family Reunion podcast, taking over the Batman Nightcast feed. Coming in January to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. This could be the sensational podcast find of 2022. Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Starslayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth.
0: We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell.
1: Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher.
0: Find us at warlordworlds.com.
1: Okay, we're back and we're going to go over listener feedback on our last episode, which was the beginning of our new season, but was actually, you know, the callbacks to show the original team ups between Batman and Zatanna and Superman and the Flash, where we had uh, Ryan Daly and Steve Gibbons as our guests.
0: Okay. So, our first feedback is from Isamu Yukonori. I think we can assume Superman is able to run on water using speed alone, just as Batman had done when he had relative super speed in time out of joint. In the Flash comics, Mark Martin's brother Clyde was the one who created the technology that Mark then used to build his weather wand and other devices. So, it's neat that this episode included the brother inventor. My dad told me the pre-crisis answer to who was faster was, Flash in shorter races and Superman in longer ones like a million miles long, because Superman has greater endurance. When the speed force was involved, it seemed Flash would hardly tire at all, so he was always faster, I guess.
1: Yeah, of course, you know, uh, Isamu is the uh, son of our beloved departed friend, Azumi Kanori, and, uh, you know, like father, like son, he's always you know, he's bringing the, bringing the facts, and, and, uh, and, yeah, I have to agree with that, and I'm glad he brought up, I always forget about time out of joint, where Batman and Robin have basically have super speed. That's where the fight and the clock came. Right. And I that's. And yeah, they like Batman runs. Uh, there was there was an episode where I couldn't remember a while back where where I think it was maybe Wild Cards where Flash run the bomb out of the city. Yeah. And I remember Flash running the bomb out, but it wasn't Flash. It was Batman. Batman was holding the bomb as it exploded mm. and running it out of Gotham. So that it's in. I always forget that episode. I don't know why. It's just. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. So, Mike um, Zumo wrote in, Great episode, even though I did almost pull my hamstring at the gym because I was laughing through Cindy's <laughs> complaints about the Indy 500. Sorry. Who does give a shit? Exactly. Uh, also, on Martin selling the weather device, it reminds me of an Adventures of Superman episode, Muddy to Burn. Guy invents in, in a bestest suit and is asked why he didn't sell it to the government for ten times as much. He said, because that would be honest. He gives up millions because dishonesty is is very important. (laughs) (laughs) So this must be like, you know, Mark Martin's like, no, I don't want to go legit. This is, you know, I'm I'm a villain, you know, so I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Rob Kelly writes in, glad to have JLU cast back. No need to worry about Bill Murray comments. Yes, I love him as a performer, but his legendary pricklessness is indeed, well, legendary. Love the idea that any time Carl Emily was on a Timber show, he was Jean in disguise. That would have been an amazing long con to pull off. I'm glad Steve thought it was funny that he was supposed to clean the Rob cave so he could appear on my shows. I wasn't joking. He never even vacuumed.
1: <laughs> I will have to say, Rob wrote prickliness and you said pricklessness. So, <laughs> um, oops. <laughs> yes, it's true. This man has no prick. Uh, <laughs> hey, works Bill Murray comment, right? Uh, Liz Ann Oswalt wrote in, and uh, she mentioned that the uh, Gotham Girls web series uh, that was on years ago, she brought that up. Uh, she said that probably inspired Gotham City Sirens to become a comic. That was also done by this team. Uh, that was this silly little cartoon you could find online tracking Flash animation days. Sometimes Zano would be the main character, though it mostly focused on Catwoman, Harlequin, Batgirl, and Poison Ivy. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of the lost DC Animated series that Gotham Girls, because I guess technically it's in the continuity of, or it's based on the continuity Mm. of the, of the, you know, the DCAU shows, and it can't, came kind of, it might have started before Justice League Unlimited ended. I can't remember, but yeah, it was, they were hard to watch. It was back, you know, I mean, I had trouble watching them because, you know, download speeds back then and everything, but I don't know if the animation holds up worth watching now, but I probably should try to give them a shot again.
0: Captain Entropy writes in. Number one, car races are better live when you can see the whole track and watch the drama as they jockey for position. Bring serious ear protection. Of course, I agree with Cindy on this point. Well, of course, everybody should agree with me. I mean, come on. (laughs) Number two, Superman has to have Clark. No one, not even Superman, can handle the physical and emotional drain of helping people in trouble all the time. Even the strongest and most compassionate aid workers have to have some time to go off shift. Very true. Mm -hmm. Number three, any government that got that weather technology would weaponize it as fast as Martin did, and it would be a weapon of mass destruction. Next would come keeping it out of the hands of less responsible actors, treaties, and verification of inspections. And even using it for good intentions would have unpredictable and almost certainly negative environmental effects. I think after Superman and Flash smash the thing, it would be time to have a hard talk with Ben, have him sign some non-disclosure agreements, Get him his dream job and monitor him closely.
1: Hey, maybe he's working on the watchtower. Hmm, there you go. <laughs> that way they could keep an eye on him.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> that would have been a good callback mm-hmm. if they'd shown him, yeah. Uh Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club podcast writes in, I wonder which Cindy despises most, the Abominable Dr. Fives or the Indianapolis 500? Well! <laughs> well, which one do you despise more?
0: I think the Indianapolis 500 because it's repeating. It's just like when you know, like, the I Know song. I can't stand where it's repeating, repeating. Change it! Oh,
1: on. oh uh the, the, uh, you're talking about the Bill Withers Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. Ugh. I know, I know, I know, I know, I, will I hit know, you. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, God. That's Cindy's least favorite song because of the rep- repetitive, repetitive nature of it.
0: I can't stand it. I mean...
1: That comes on the radio. She's like reaching for the dial and I'm smacking her hand. I'm like, I like this song, you know. I don't
0: care. I mean, and those kids, I mean, I love the kids that I work with, but I have a rule. They're not allowed to play with the poppets or those pull apart things or anything that's repetitive like that. Or I will take it away from them till the end of the day. Cause it drives me back crap.
1: You're up
0: next. Oh, sorry. Um Ian Fletcher writes in, Cindy, your point on the Indy 500 made me genuinely laugh out loud. My wife is a fan of NASCAR, and I recall observing the same thing. Cars driving in circles endlessly. Exactly. Notice everyone agrees with me. It's, you love it. I know. And I'm so used to it, so it's good. Oh, boy. Um, he continues to say, Okay, you might hate me, but Barry Allen was my Flash. Again, more flea market comics here, but I grabbed a fair amount of Flash comics in the trial of the Flash era and enjoyed them. It might have also been that my dad read Flash comics as a kid, and that meant I ought to like him too. There was something about the art that really caught me in the issues I read, or just the comparison between Superman comics of the era and Flash comics of the era. In one comic, Superman was taking on the Cosmic Minstrel, or something like that. Then in the Flash comic... I had, he was trying to defeat the weather wizard while being chased to his cell. The comics just struck me as being more grounded, less silly. When I picked up the last issue of Flash off the newsstand, I must have read it a hundred times. Crazy as it seems, I never knew that Barry was killed off in crisis and kept on thinking he was living happily ever after in the future with Iris.
1: I'd like to think that too. <laughs> but no, no, and I mean, you know, no, You, nobody's going to hate you for liking Barry. I mean, you know, Barry was, you know... He was a great he was a great character. He was the Flash for years and I mean I have a lot of love for Barry too. So I mean yeah, that's it's 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 all you're among friends here. You can like yes. you can like Barry, you can like Wally, you know. Um you know, I obviously here, you know, this is a Wally show, so we tend to go more Wally, but you know, a lot I like of Max love Max Mercury. You like Max Mercury? <laughs> I like Jay Garrick.
0: <laughs> I like Max Mercury.
1: Okay, well there you go. Uh, well, that'll do it for our feedback. Uh, special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fw podcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Lewis-Castillo, Matt Ryan, and Neil Whitney for specifically supporting the JLU cast. You guys rock.
0: You're awesome. Thank you so much. You,
1: you are patrons unlimited, so there yeah. you go. Uh, come back next time as we discuss the DCAU adaptation of one of the greatest Superman stories ever told for the man who has everything. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.
0: JLU Cast is a Franklin & Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied so please don't sue mommy and daddy emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com find us on facebook by searching for jlucast and fw podcast network follow us on twitter by using the hashtag fw podcast please consider leaving us a review on itunes Thank you for listening to Cat. We sent the lantern for you because you never gave us an answer. Come on, I don't belong up here. Fighting monsters and
1: aliens and supervillains. I just helped the little guy. And a big club like this, you tend to forget all about him. So gee whiz, I'm flattered to be asked and all, but no thanks. Suit yourself. Those monsters you don't fight, they tend to step on little guys.